0: This is The Shift Podcast. Today on The Shift Daily Podcast, what if I told you that the brain infecting fungus in the Last of Us TV show was inspired by a very real thing? It's true. If you haven't watched the show, that's what happens. There's a fungus that gets into humans' brains. Insect expert, Dr. Mark Moffat, a.k.a. Dr. Bugs, tells us more about the Cordyceps fungus and how it transforms ants into zombies in real life and why it probably won't infect humans like it does in the TV show, probably, plus some other animals that also seem to get all psychedelic off of fungus. Is Russia striking out in response to Western aid for Ukraine lawyer and democracy advocate Stephen Berko joins us from Kiev helps us understand the latest from the war, how his family is holding up, what life is like with only four hours of electricity and what are some things that he's learned that he had no idea he would learn through day-to-day life in Kiev these days. Are you okay with selfies and are you okay with chicken wings? Both very important topics. And they're both on the Shift Daily Podcast. This is the Shift Podcast. The Last of Us TV show has taken over many people's lives. The Last of Us TV show is, uh, it was shot close to here, so I'm pretty sure everybody in Alberta has been watching it, not necessarily every other city. And the premise of the show, this is like really quick, Cole's notes, is that There is a fungus that lives in the world that cannot cross over to humans. It's from a video game, by the way. And the idea is is that, you know, viruses come and go and people always win. But if this fungus, it is like mind control of insects and all these other animals. Oh, wait, good news. It can't cross to humans because it can't live in a host that's as warm as a human. Well, in the, according to the storyline of this TV show, the global warming effect raises the temperature of everything. Therefore, the fungus adapts to live in a warmer environment, therefore can now live in humans, takes over, mind control, zombification starts, and so goes the end of the world. That's a great welcome for Dr. Bugs. Dr. Mark Moffat is here. Um, he is an ecological storyteller, and uh, Mark is uh, all about bugs. Mar- Mark loves the ants. Woo-hoo. And this is a this is a uh, like this is a legit fungus in the world that this this whole story is based on, and the crossover to humans thing. At least it hasn't happened yet, but it does raise some question marks. Mark, it does kind of go whoa
1: <laughs> at oh, a certain point. Man. Well, I, I haven't seen the program. I, I gather there's some kind of uh, subscription service uh, called HBO. HBO yo yeah. uh, I should know about these things. I'm stuck in the jungle watching ants most of the time, which fascinate me so much. It's very scary. But I'm rarely distracted by these forms of uh, reality or anti-reality, but it sounds you know it sounds like they're playing off of uh, a fungus called cordyceps. And if you travel around the tropics, uh, you may occasionally see an ant that has been hit by this little baby. It's a fun little story what this fungus does. You're just an innocent ant walking along one day, and a, a little spore. You know, you're not wearing your face mask like oh, right. they haven't invented face masks. So if, for ants,
0: well, those ants they're rebels anyway, right? Like they don't like to wear the face mask.
1: No, they're and they're hit for it too. So a spore lands on them, and uh, little filaments start creeping through the ant's body and start eating it. And uh, some of those filaments go into the brain of the ant, and just take control of the ant. And the ant uh, suddenly starts deciding to climb up on something—a grass blade or something like that—and it clings to the glass grass blade and dies, all because it's been programmed by this fungus and it dies and then it sprouts these long filaments that come out they they can be colorful they're they're quite extensive and so uh, from those filaments all the new spores arise and spread to the next ant so it's it's a fun little life cycle uh hasn't happened for humans yet mm.
0: well that's encouraging in the tv show they do get into that that uh, tentacle looking uh, things that it look kind of looks like hairs that grow out of people and and they wiggle around. They're kind of gross looking. Um, this is but I mean, that's that seems kind of scary to me, Mark, that mind control and basically like a wicked acid trip is is kind of where these things go.
1: Well, you know, the uh, fungi are all about acid trips, you know, about magic <laughs> mushrooms. Controlling us is what they do, too. You know, we're we're controlled by the plant and fungal worlds quite a bit. All these compounds in these plants make us uh, uh, fall in love with them and sometimes uh, get addicted to them. And uh, it's not quite as bad as brain control, but they're still in our brains one way or another. Uh, you know, and if you're going to die, it might as well, as far as I'm concerned, it might as well be for some a uh, fabulously fun reason like being you know having mind control by a fungus why not do it? it's a little less interest it's more interesting you know <laughs> the average way of going in any case see, these fungal fil- filaments are what make cheese so i'm all for them oh, just okay. a kind of fungus of course
0: yeah well this is it makes me think a little bit of bats mark is that there are so many kinds of bats we've learned that from you and at the same time um, there must be so many kinds of fungus out there like it's not like you're you're running into a giant mushroom on the side of a tree that this stuff is everywhere is it.
1: Oh uh, fungi are their own group they're not plants they're actually much more close to vertebrates they're much more close to us genetically than the average tree is. And uh, yeah, they're all over the place. The largest organism in the world is a fungus in Michigan that spread over many acres and weighs tons and tons and tons. It's a single mm-hmm. giant set of these filaments. Uh, so there you go. Uh, wow. So fungus, uh, fungi control the world under our feet in the soil everywhere, and a, a certain number of them do take advantage of animals. So there's the there's the ant one, but then there's a uh, uh, there are examples of well, not fungus. Let's talk about some other kind of mind control examples. One of my favorite is there's a worm that causes crickets to commit suicide by really? drowning. So this worm gets into the suicide uh, the the cricket and the cricket drowns where the worm can go out and live its lovely life in the water and. Uh, Another favorite one is a protozoan that infects rats, but the protozoan has to get into a cat. It goes from rat to cat. It's like a Dr. Seuss poem. (laughs) And to get to the cat, uh, it infects the rat's brain, which gives the rat a thirst for, the rat actually gets thirsty to drink cat urine and once you're drinking cat urine you're probably near a cat and there you go eaten oh, and then the cat has the darn thing in its system so there you go nice little life cycles uh explains a little
0: bit about cats though doesn't it
1: <laughs> i think uh, cats and cat people need a a, a lot of explanation I'm a, I'm a dog guy all the way
0: i'm a dog guy too this is an ongoing fight by the way at shiftheads.ca and our facebook group team cat team dog so this is perfect thanks for being an ally um <laughs> So, hey, when you talk about this fungus and these things that are around, whether it is a worm or whatever, in the TV show they talk about how the fungus is underground for miles, and if you step on it, it knows that you're there, therefore it can sort of dispatch um, these zombies, zombified people now to go and get you and bite you and infect you. Um, is fungus really that connected, like a network? I mean, you've shared with us about ants being such a network for miles underground. Is is fungus similar to that? Is it smart?
1: Uh, well, it's not necessarily smart. It's probably not smart. It doesn't have the brains to be considered smart. But you know, they are. Uh, heavily interconnected and there's information being transferred around through the soil from tree to tree, through fungi, through bacteria, all these things are interconnected. And that's one of the things that has gone contrary to this uh, dog-eat-dog uh, view of uh, traditional view of Darwinism because things are interconnected and things function by working well together. There's competition but there's also this interplay of things and it's a really positive thing in some sense. Uh, one of my favorite uh, examples of that, a wonderful system where all these bacteria live in harmony is the plaque on your teeth. Uh, it's wow. a lovely stuff. If you magnify uh, magnified enough, you see these bacteria form these communities that are highly or- orchestrated to live together in happy harmony. Of course, not necessarily happy harmony with you, but with each other. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. Find beauty in everything.
0: Well, it just makes me think of all the TV commercials that you see where they have those little gremlins on your teeth when they're trying to show you how great your toothbrush should be and uh it turns out that that's actually real there are little gremlins on your teeth
1: well there are lots of things on your teeth and of course the happiest ones the ones we should be happiest about are those in our digestive system because our digestive systems depend on a whole community of uh organisms that come together bacteria and so forth you want them there and that's a reason why uh Uh, little kids probably eat dirt when they're like a few months old. They're out there eating various things. They're actually uh, inoculating their system with things that help them digest. So all these little microbes aren't all bad. They may seem gross, but they keep us uh, happy, healthy. And uh, I guess wise, I guess,
0: (laughs) I guess wise. (laughs) Uh, Does this stuff ever cross over? I mean, we hear these stories about like different flus, avian flus, swine flus. I mean there was all kinds of assertions for covid about bats and all these things that happened and then you know then you know this premise of this video game and TV show is that the earth warms up the fungus adapts and then can now live in a warmer host do we see this in in the wild of the jungles of that these kinds of scenarios where all of a sudden out of the blue scientists like you yesterday would say there's no way that the blue fungus could ever live in a giraffe and then all of a sudden it's like oh look it changed does that is this like part of the evolution
1: uh, well it can be but the trouble is particularly for this particular fungus called cordyceps the one that hits ants and some other kinds of insects the zombie fungus from this hbo series uh an ant and a human are so different that it couldn't make the transfer it just couldn't they're just the physiology would make no sense Something coming from some uh, creature like a bat or any other mammal can get to us rather readily. That's why we have to be cautious. Don't go around eating monkeys. That's mm. the worst thing you can do for yourself, your family, and for civilization. Because That's the possibility of crossover is uh, the more the closer you are genetically, the more likely whatever lives in it will find you an interesting prospect for its right. its future life.
0: It makes total sense i guess right right i guess that like if it's got a bacteria that has never really been to us but then all of a sudden uh you decide to do that and and have monkey steak then now that bacteria is in you and the bacteria may never have experienced a human before but it's like whoa this is like paradise there's palm trees and a beach and i'm gonna grow and thrive
1: yeah you're you're better than that monkey we were eating in and th- there are cases of crossover and there, there may be an issue with global warming in some of them there's a yeast species that has uh, now begun to invade humans i'm not sure anyone knows where it came from but it's more likely to have been something like a a dog or a cow or some relative of ours that is another mammal than something like an ant and that yeast is starting to uh, cause health problems for people with auto uh, diseases of various kinds and of course COVID as well likely transferred from something in the mammal clan and so we do have to be cautious and the more people are out there trying the wrong things to eat and being in high densities around each other the more likely we're going to face these kinds of things but remember for the most part fungi make delicious cheese <laughs> yes. enjoy your cheeses <laughs> love so that. magnify them and look at those little filaments And go mmm, they taste good yeah i love how you
0: just keep <laughs> trying to make it positive and ease my mind this is so good so what about the proxy beasts you talked about sort of the the bug that gets into the rat that really wants to get into the cat and we've heard stories of that too where this was never a problem with the bat was ne- i'm making this up this is a hypothetical there was never a problem if the bat bit the human because it couldn't transmit that way but if a bat bit a pig and then a pig bit a human whoa that could be sort of the proxy that it needs the perfect storm is that legit
1: yeah, no, I think that it can be legit in some cases. And that's why it's so tricky to actually track down the origins of some of these things, because there can be a, a chain reaction. And some things have complex life cycles. You know, the malaria parasite is famous because it, it lives in the mosquito half the time. And the mosquito has to be there and the human has to be there for it to go through its life cycle. So some of these parasites have two or three different steps uh for them to go from generation to generation so and those steps can all be filled with and certainly global warming and environmental change can knock those steps out of sync or change them in some way so it makes me
0: think of a bacteria that i learned about and i don't know if i have this right i think i do um i know that at least the the the, the illness is called giardia i don't know what the bacteria is called it's it's uh common in large animals like deer moose stuff like that and most dogs if they sniff uh like deer poop it won't bother them but a very large dog i have a great dane and i remember that our dogs got hit when we used to have a cabin and there would be deer poop around all the time with basically just a gastro bug that was like a fountain of nasty but um but it would affect the big dogs not little dogs so, I mean, that seems to me to be pretty picky for a, uh, a a bug like a bacteria or something like that.
1: Yeah, no. And so all a matter of how you get into the system. And uh, uh, one of the uh, issues here is actually breathing things in. And uh, uh, I, know, I have a friend, David Edwards, who's an inventor up at Harvard and works in Paris and elsewhere. And his big thing is that uh, you know it's a lot about moisture. Moisture keeps you healthy, uh, knocks out a lot of these things. One of the reason masks help is not that they keep uh, the uh, virus from going through into your nose, but that they keep moisture in your body. They re- uh, it retains moisture because you have that f- uh, material in front of you, and the more moisture you have. Uh, the healthier you're likely to be in his view. Yeah. So people in drier areas, you know, like Arizona or the Middle East are more likely to get hit by things, uh, than people from places with a lot of humidity. So that's one of the things he's looking at.
0: Wow. That's crazy. Um, well, your world is bugs and and all those things. You are Dr. Bugs. Dr. Mark Moffat is here. Um, what's coming up for you that's new and exciting in the uh, super nerdy world of uh, bug investigator? You're like a PI, but a BI.
1: <laughs> yes. A uh, uh, BI. I'll remember my initials next time when you uh, ask how to introduce <laughs> Dr. me. Dr. Mark Moffat, BI. It. Yeah, well, I've got a grant from uh, the Templeton Foundation to study societies of animals of different kinds. And so I'm looking uh, beyond the ants to other creatures that have these groups that last through the generations and are solid groups that stay together and what gets them to stay together. So the trip I just did was down to Australia where I was looking at the the world's most uh, social lizards. Uh, There are lizards down there that multiple generations stay with mom and dad and mom and dad protect them and they all live together. And uh, if any uh, lizards from adjacent spots try to come over and eat their babies, which happens all the time, mom gets really angry. So Mm. it's not a bad life for a lizard. We usually think of them as simple minded creatures and maybe they are, but, you know, they're good moms, they're good dads. I respect the lizard now, not just the ant yeah but the lizard too
0: do they wear leisure suits i feel like they wear leisure suits
1: oh uh, lizards all look like they're wearing a shoe you know what i mean so you know (laughs) they don't have to wear extra stuff they got it built in so (laughs) where do you
0: find where do you find these lizards like do you do you have to literally go out and look for them and are you that guy that that you know i imagine you indiana jones with your hat on and a little monocle or something and like you're walking through the jungle looking for lizards is that what you have to do
1: uh yeah well normally i'm lying on the ground covered with muck and mire and people are avoiding me uh, by uh, many yards but you know i'm not quite the uh, indiana jones look i'm the muddy indiana jones but you know they're the around uh, australia or they're even near sydney the there's some really cool ones in tasmania where they have some of the world's tallest trees which was an awesome place to go you know and i was just pleased as putting to see lizards get some respect in the social world because they're usually considered not very sophisticated uh but uh the moms of this lizard there's a video uh, 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 a lady shot of a mom actually going after a deadly snake that would normally kill her and she just goes after it because her babies are right there and she slams into it the snake can't get a grip it tries to run away she keeps chasing it and chasing it until it's way away from her precious little brood so you know that's that's pretty you know that's an hbo series right there if you ask me
0: sounds like it's the next video game and next uh tv shows that we should be watching is the uh the violent maybe it's a reality show you know how they have like the housewives of beverly hills maybe it's the uh the the violent lizard moms of australia
1: uh, yeah a bunch of lizards dressed in housewife uh, clothing i don't oh, know if they could nice. pull that off it might have to be animated but yeah i think we could you're on to something there's big money in this and i'm i'm afraid you're not gonna have to, you're not gonna be able to put this on the air now because we just can't <laughs> have this released to the general public
0: <laughs> copyright 2023 dr yep. mark Moffat shane hewitt uh thanks for being here brother thanks for the insight it is kind of scary to think that mind control really happens in the world um cross your fingers that it doesn't cross over to you and i or maybe it already has
1: oh uh, yeah well there's mind control going on already it's called politics so i don't know do does the fungus do a better job than our politicians you can tell me shane it, but uh, it it might be pretty- more
0: fun might be more fun <laughs> with the uh with the fungus you know yeah or maybe 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 fungus is a misnomer and maybe we should call the politicians the fungus
1: uh, no, I'm not going to get into to semantics now. Otherwise, uh, you know, I'm in the United States. We have uh, issues going on left and right. I don't, you probably haven't heard there. You're up there where it's nice and quiet and yeah. nothing is supposedly happening. And I, yeah, you know, I wish it was true, actually. But anyway. <laughs> it's, not uh, right.
0: <laughs> it's not the case here either, but I wish it was true. Thanks so much for being here, brother. It's great to see you.
1: Hey, Shane. Thanks.
2: This is the Shift Podcast.
1: We are three weeks
0: away from the initial, um, the initial invasion of Russia into Ukraine. A year ago, it's kind of mind blowing when you think about it that a year has gone, um, a year has gone by. Now, a conversation of joining NATO should be able to join NATO, and so much more has started happening. This is good, and we have met so many amazing people that have helped us understand what it's like to be there. Stepan Berko joins us. Uh, He's a student of the law. He's an advocate for um, democracy and the future of the people of Ukraine. It's what he does for a living. He also has the most handsome of all the mustaches. And he joins us from uh, Kiev, Ukraine. Stepan, hello.
2: Hi, Shane. It's nice to be talking to you again.
0: Uh, yeah, thanks for being here, and thanks for um, for joining us again here on The Shift. It's been a couple of weeks since we had, we've had the chance to talk to you. Um, maybe allow just sort of a, an open forum to start. I, I hate asking the question, how are you? But I do want to know, how are you? Um, in You're a dad. Um, you know, you're a lawyer. You work really hard to protect Ukrainians and move things forward. You're a husband and so much more. Um, where, h- How are you?
2: uh i'm okay uh yeah in you know concerning the circumstances i would say that i'm fine yeah. uh, so working taking my kids to the kindergarten going to office mm-hmm. uh, even going to movies and having some time spending some time like a family uh, but at the same time you know uh, worrying about the the, the war uh the rockets the missiles the drones and all the stuff uh that became already a part of everyday life and uh mm-hmm. as you mentioned it's already almost a year since the re-invasion started and uh many ukrainians hope that this will be the year of our victory uh although I'm not I'm not that optimistic uh, as as uh, as you know, Russians are preparing a new offensive, so mm. it's it's a mix of uh, everyday joy of everyday life, relatives yeah. and friends, and at the same time, some worrying stories that you just have to cope with.
0: Now, how has electricity been? It sounds like you are getting some family time, which is nice. Uh, you know, electricity has been in and out. Now, I don't know about you here, but even just last night when I went outside with the dog, the sun was setting. It feels a little bit lighter earlier. It, I mean, we're a long way away from things being really light. But it does start to feel like the the darkness of winter is starting to change. Electricity has been a big one for you guys, inconsistent in and out. Um, are you starting to see a change and feel some reprieve from winter? And, and is the power staying on more often?
2: um it's uh a- after each uh, Russian missile attack it's getting worse for a day or two or even a week depending on where you live and whether some energy facilities were hit but uh, generally speaking it seems that people are getting used to having less electricity and uh, they're learning to cope with it so they buy generators batteries and stuff and uh, I would say that we're coping well. Of course, everybody is waiting for spring to come and more light and uh, warmer weather, and that means uh, less usage of electricity for warming up. And uh, after after the, the the half of the winter, in, in the middle of January, everybody was talking that we've coped to to live through a half of the winter and that means that the second half will be easier. So people are getting more optimistic regarding uh, infrastructure being hit and electricity being provided
0: Uh, it's quite fascinating to to hear um you speak about it so casually now and I, i suppose that could be the the new normal that this is it's the normal that nobody ever wanted right it's the normal that uh, nobody really wanted to hear alarms, hide in basements, and that be a normal part of the day. At the same time, though, Stefan, I can hear the gratitude that comes with uh, time with your, your kid and time with your wife and time to go to the movie and those sorts of things. Does that, Is that sort of the dichotomy of all of it, to be able to experience it this way and it changes your lens so much? And at the same time, you know, you really do become grounded and and centered on the cause of this and protecting your country?
2: Uh, I think that uh, with every and each attack, uh, especially when uh, something horrible happens not far from you, you start to cherish every moment with your loved ones because you never know whether or not the next uh, hit could be uh, could, could harm any one of you, uh, any one of, of, of your relatives or close uh, uh, close circle. Um, I think this uh, made many people more patient to 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 the needs of uh, their 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 loved ones and to. Uh, the need of spending time together and just just being together being around spending some time just i don't know talking or or playing games uh of course like everyday routine drags you in uh, some some other thoughts but at the end of the day you you're happy to 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 sleep at your uh, bed in your own house uh, with your loved ones and uh happy to, to get in the morning with everyone, everyone being pay. Um Yeah, so you, you cherish this uh, these uh, very uh, uh, general and everyday moments uh, like they are special.
0: There's an interesting article that BBC put up, and it's not really about the article that got me, um, it was about morale, and it was the thing that made me think of you. And the headline says, Russia is learning. We need to learn faster. Now, that one sounds uh, pretty simple to understand when it comes to the military and growing and changing and all those things. And I found it interesting when you look at your professional life, when you look at your life as a father, what what are you, what are you learning that you didn't expect to learn? Uh, that could be as simple as how to cook on a, a, a gas stove, or it could be um, you know, completely uh, something bigger than bigger. But what are you learning, Stepan, that you had no idea that you would learn through this and it surprises you?
2: Uh, I think many things uh, that you do around the house, like washing your clothes or washing dishes and how dependent you're on, on electricity. <laughs> so many Ukrainians are managing to do all home uh, chores uh, in four hours that they have electricity because they won't be able to do that when they out of out of power. That's just something that comes up on my mind. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, you're coming up with some alternative ways of spending time uh, with your kid, um, like uh, table games or uh, reading a book with a, a flashlight or a candle something that you generally don't do because you have a you have a lamp w- powered from the grid so yeah you 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 are becoming more uh creative in and how to uh do things that you are used to but without this uh, uh essential uh central uh, electricity um and other uh, supplies
0: it sounds um it sounds quite amazing actually and i can't imagine if i had 4 hours and that was how organized i would have to be to get everything done cook the food i need to cook or whatever get the laundry done cleaning the house everything that takes electricity and in some cases i know that that electricity has affected water flow right with pumps and such uh, that we've heard in in ukraine different depending on the area you're in and so all of those different things are sort of happening you know, at the same time, and you have to like charge devices, right? Like you've got to get devices charged. Like you've got to do everything, and then once things go dark, that's it. <laughs> like yeah, then you, you're done for the day. Um, that must be absolutely remarkable. Let's talk about um, let's talk about your country. Amazing country, amazing people that it is. Um, how's the tone feel? Your coworkers at work? I know that you guys spend a lot of time making sure that everybody's okay and if it's a day after big strikes or or something happens politically that there's time taken to just kind of be with that and support each other but what, what is the tone that you hear from your friends I mean you are a young man so you have a lot of other young men that are fighting that you know of from hometowns and so on what's the general tone how are the people
2: um i would say that people are in, in, in anticipation of russian new offensive and of course of uh, ukrainian uh armed forces being capable of withstand this offensive and then proceed with our counter offensive everybody is really happy with uh, heavy uh armored vehicles and tanks being uh provided from the western countries this was a big news a few weeks ago mm-hmm. and uh, it's a sign that, uh, despite all, despite the fact that this war is protracting, uh, we're still supported by Western societies, and that uh, this this gives us motivation to, to fight and not to negotiate uh, with our enemy on on terms that uh, do not provide a, a real conversation and real respect to, to each other. And... Um, of course, people are optimistic. People hope that uh, we will manage to fight off Russians, uh, but uh, everybody understand that, uh, understands that uh, the the price is very high. Many casualties uh, in in eastern fronts near Bakhmut and other cities, and it seems like we will have to go through another uh, draft, uh, big draft. That means many more people, uh, men and women, have to join armed forces. And uh, yeah, I think that the main uh, and the only feeling is that uh, people are coping with these new, cir- new circumstances, new, new, new life, reality, and finding their way to, to find their place in this new reality.
0: There's a new leader uh, in Czechia and the Czech leader says that Ukraine deserves to be a part of NATO and Turkey has started to allow the whole Finland, Sweden conversation a little bit to roll ahead about joining NATO. Is the conversation around Ukraine still around getting into NATO at this point or is that basically been set aside? Let's get through this. We're starting to get the help and you know, the tanks, there's a lot of mixed messages on airplanes. But at the same time, the tanks thing and the Germany allowing the tanks was a big one to move forward. Um, is that still a hinge point in the conversation? Or is it just one of those pieces that's been sort of left as we we're, it's not going to happen?
2: Of course, NATO membership is our uh, goal, ultimate goal, because we understand that even if we defeat Russia right now, nothing, nothing will pre- prevent them from reinforcing themselves uh, in few years and restart this war again so we believe that the only true uh, um, guarantee that this war will no longer will not repeat in 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 a year or two is that we are a member of NATO because we need uh, a nuclear umbrella over Ukraine and this uh, article 5 treaty uh, that will pre- protect us from Russia, starting their aggression again. Uh, I, I re- I'm I really happy that uh, some politicians in Western democracies in NATO countries are starting publicly talking about the fact that after Ukraine wins this war, it should join NATO. So I hope that when we get there, the decision will be fast
0: been a lot of a um Berko Berko's our guest by the way he's uh, joining us from uh, Kiev and he uh there's been a, some articles that have started to come out that um Zelensky's government's starting to take on more corruption I know that inside the work you guys inside the legal system um is about exactly that is that a sign of um a massive step forwards now plus a little return to the the old battles of Ukraine about flushing out some of the old Soviet corruption that was Deeply woven into some politicians and and figureheads that are there. I mean, it sounds. I don't want to diminish it, but it sounds particularly normal, and it sounds quite awesome to hear that moving forward with corruption, which was a which was an important hinge point with NATO as well, uh, is at least happening, at least being announced that it's happening.
2: I think that we've never stopped fighting corruption during this war. <laughs> uh, of course. Uh, if, if, if you just have to imagine being a country that had this uh, 70 years of totalitarian regime wiping out anyone who was talking truth and who wanted to make things straight. Uh, and that means people for 70 years got used to. Uh, the fact that they have to live in lies every day and when we got independence uh, it was it's really hard for many people to change they they're used to steal and when they many people get some office in in government uh, many many people think it's normal to to continue this practice but um i would say that uh, during the last 8 years after the revolution of dignity in 2014 we've managed to uh, make some big steps forward in terms of creating this anti-corruption uh, infrastructure. We've created anti-corruption uh, court uh, with help of our uh, Western allies, uh, and it's showing good good results. Uh, given real prison terms for high officials who uh, continue uh, these practices. Uh, Of course, it will take some time to fight corruption entirely. But I mean, I think we have to be realistic and uh, acknowledge that every society has some portion of people that that, uh, are prone to corruption. Um, It's particularly complicated to do that during the war. But uh, in my sphere where I'm uh, working and that is a judicial uh, system, uh we've we've had some successes during this last year uh we've created some new institutions
0: stephen Berko joins us here from kiev ukraine some deep insight into what it's like to be a father uh deep insight and what it's like to be a uh an advocate for democracy and so much more step in, we are gonna to have to leave it there we are out of time so uh, the uh, the microphone uh, timing is quite impeccable thank you so much for being here and uh, it's great to hear your voice brother and thank you so much for contributing and letting us see a little bit inside your life I appreciate you
2: thank you this is the shift podcast
0: are you okay with
3: selfies? Oh a selfie. Ah, yeah, it's a, little, it's a little out of date now, you know? When I when I was in high school, it was only selfies. And everybody took the same selfie, you know? Holding their arm at a 60-degree like a angle and looking up at it. And it was just selfie, selfie, selfie. There was that song, Let's Take a Selfie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or let me take a selfie. That was inescapable for a while. Chainsmokers. Yeah. Before they were whatever they are now. And yeah, I feel like we've kind of just moved on. It was the gateway drug to social media, like photos was, was selfies. So, yeah.
0: You know, it's funny you say that about holding the hand up. I was, I was in a story the other day and this young lady walked by and she was just kind of typing away on her phone. And I was like, oh, just walking through the mall, typing away. And then all of a sudden phone goes up, selfie back on the thing, probably Snapchat. I think it's Probably. not over. I think that it's just still the same thing. No, My kids not. take selfies all the time.
3: It's not over. I think it's just the way people use it is a little bit different. And there's also, it's a lot less pictures. It's more videos and live streaming. Hey, guys, I'm at Home Depot, buying a toilet, and, you know, they have to vlog it with the selfie mm. cam.
0: Well, these guys nailed it on the song. I just, uh, you know, I don't know. It's this it's this notion that's in the front of these this generation's head that I have to show the world everything. everything. That's amazing to me. There's elements that are really cool. There's some narcissism oh, yeah. that kind of kicks in, though. I mean, I'm not a psychologist. You know? I don't know. But is there anything better than getting together with your buddy and putting your arm around one another and taking oh, yeah, a photo and documenting your time together, right?
3: Not at all. Those are great. Hmm. And there's some cool camera tricks you can use uh, with selfies as well. to get some pretty interesting different angles and all that. But... It's certainly changed a lot, but I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. That's for sure. No, I think it's a thing forever.
0: Uh, Humans have gotten really good at them. Uh, Ten years, years of terrible selfies on Instagram because they were really terrible at first. It looks like some other mammals are working on their selfie game, just so you know. Colorado officials found bear selfies after reviewing some wildlife cameras set up in the forests outside Boulder, Colorado. The wildlife cameras are motion-activated, according to Boulder's Open Space and Mountain Park's team. Officials wrote that a local bear must have taken a special interest in the camera and stuck around to investigate, triggering impromptu photo shoot, and it looks like a photo shoot. Like, could you imagine Zoolander with your photos? That's what it's like. Here's my my dream girl that I have a crush on, CNN's genie Moss.
1: Normally, the city of Boulder, Open Space and Mountain Park's trail cams... Capture bears scratching, or eating, or giving viewers a rear view. But sometimes the bears investigate the cameras. And out of 580 images captured by one trail cam... About 400 were bear selfies, so obviously the bear was looking for, you know, the right angle. Full-on frontal side profile. This one is giving me lolita, noted one viewer. I feel pretty,
3: oh, so pretty. I feel pretty and witty and gay.
0: While parks officials didn't specify what type of bear this budding model was. The only species of bear known to inhabit at Colorado is a black bear. One might say, didn't they look at the bear to see? And it is a black and white photo.
3: <laughs> so it's hard to tell. <laughs> also, sorry, that bear has taken more selfies than I have in my entire life over 400 that yeah. that bear is you've got better selfies you've taken selfie game more than I do. 400 selfies come on man me no not even close i uh, not, I've not a black and white camera 100
0: oh sorry not a black and white camera a night vision camera which made it black and white i believe Will Keeley, senior wildfeist ecologist for Open Space and Mountain Parks notes in a press release that their motion activated cameras aren't actually intended for bear selfies they're able to help park officials identify important wildlife areas Mm hmm. They're actually like it literally looks like a photo shoot of different angles. It's the cutest little thing. Uh, probably mean because it's a bear, but still cool. Are you okay with? We're very animal. Here, you notice that?
3: Themes. It's almost like Themes. it's intentional. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you didn't think you'd find a theme in "Are You Okay?" Other than Florida, did you? I did not. I did not. Are you okay with
0: chicken wings? I
3: I love chicken wings so much. It's just, it's they're so good. It's just such a great snack. It's an appetizer. It's a meal. I was staggering numbers. I know. Uh, it's just kind of great, you know. Especially, I find there chicken wings are amazing doesn't matter how old you are, but chicken mm. wings are at their best between the ages of 18 and 21, where you go to the bar way too often, and old the for only thing you can afford to eat are chicken wings. So you get chicken wings and beer with your friends every weekend. Oh, the bar
0: patron is 18 to 21, not the chicken.
3: Yeah. Not the chicken. No, 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 no. Definitely not the chicken. No. Okay. <laughs> What's That's
0: turkey. For... That's
3: not a chicken.
0: <laughs> it's a big chicken. Uh, chicken wings. I the air fryer, by the way, is yeah. Uh, the bee's knees. A
3: little bit of animal thing crisping on them.
0: Oh, they're so good in the air fryer. My goodness. Oh, like deep fried is one thing, but it, the air fryer is really good. And then you can just kind of do them a little bit while done, so they're crispy. Hello. It really doesn't get better than a plate of wings with a little ranch dip on the side. Probably mm. a medium. I like hot, but I really enjoy the medium. Salt and pepper is another garlic. one that's really good for me. Honey garlic. Hot honey. Melanie showed me hot. Yeah,
3: hot honey is good. So it's just honey garlic, yep. so just honey garlic mixed with
0: hot sauce. Hmm?
3: Yep. Have you ever had lemon pepper wings? I have,
0: but you know what I prefer them better is uh, boneless ribs with lemon pepper.
3: I find it's so better than a, a boneless rib. Just piece of meat rib. with, just piece of well, meat with, pork. It's a wait, wait, wait. Is a is <laughs> is a boneless rib a bone nugget? Because a boneless chicken wing is a chicken nugget. So, what would you call? Why do I feel
0: like we just smoked a doobie?
3: <laughs> I, yeah, my brain is f- flipped. <laughs> There's a big, I guess yeah, pork ribs. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the
0: pinnacle of bar food, (laughs) chicken wings have been involved in a massive embezzling scheme in the United States, though. A food service director for an Illinois school district is accused of stealing millions of dollars worth of food, mostly chicken wings. Vera Liddell, 66, worked for Harvey School District, 152, for more than a decade, but the fraud began during the peak of COVID-19. And the number of chicken wings she allegedly stole is just absurd. (laughs)
3: Cook County prosecutors allege she used her position to embezzle $1.5 million from the school district. Court documents accuse Liddell of ordering more than 11,000 cases of chicken wings from the district's food provider, Gordon Food Service, GFS, and picking them up with a district's cargo van. At this time, it's not clear what Liddell did with them, but a proffer presented at her bond hearing last week says the food was never brought to the school or provided to the students. It goes on to say even though The children were learning remotely, the school district continued to provide meals for the students that their families could pick up. The scheme was uncovered January 2022 by the district's business manager during a mid year audit. The manager found the district was $3,000 over its budget and were only halfway through the school year.
0: Wow. Okay, so Ryan, how many chicken wings does this uh, boil down to?
3: uh okay so she bought 11,000 boxes of of chicken wings and if you assume that there's between 300 and 250 to let's say 300 chicken wings in a box that, that's the average for the gordon foods she at some one point was in possession of about Around, just say, 4 million individual chicken wings. (laughs) (laughs) 4 million chicken wings. Wow. there's a lot of chicken.
0: Uh, That's from WGN 9. Uh, Court records say employees of the district's food provider, Gordon Food Service, were all familiar with the defendant due to the massive amount of chicken wings she would purchase. The case was investigated by the Cook Country State's Attorney's office and Liddell was charged with theft.
3: <laughs> Cook County. <laughs> I know. I know. It's Cook County. You can't oh, make it up. Oh, oh, I was so That's happy when I read that. Cook County. Just
0: I have lots of birds. That. I have no chicken.
3: Of... How do we not have a chicken sound effect?
0: I don't know. Truck We've and Kevin, though.
3: Book of. Yeah. Oh.
0: So yeah. far, with uh, Are You Okay With, this is Trucker Kevin's participation. First story, selfies. Trucker Tex, or Kevin Tex, hate selfies. Second story, yeah, fair. chicken wings. Kevin Tex, love chicken
3: wings. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although he does make the suggestion, Parmesan chicken wings. Very good.
3: That's nice. That's very, yeah, I, I like that. Try you have that. to have
0: the right amount of Parmesan, though, because if you don't have enough, it's like me. It's got to be enough where it
3: kind of gets crusty when it melts on right Yeah, a little bit of crisp to it. yeah yeah little bit if, of if you crunch. do it like a, yeah.
0: a salt and pepper and it just kind of falls off. that's no good. It's got to melt on there a little nope. bit.
3: gets a little crusty, kind of like a lasagna sort of cheese crust on it. It's pretty wonderful. Yeah, that sounds a, that sounds tremendous. And maybe if we ever find the four million chicken wings that are currently missing, we could make a couple of them into parmesan wings.
0: I feel like that's a thing. And since um this whole conversation about uh, chicken wings, um, is really seems to be a conversation. I haven't smoked like marijuana in twenty seven years, maybe more. Like it's been a long time. And Ryan is very similar. Yeah. It's been almost that long.
3: Oh yeah, yup. Yes, I feel officer. like <laughs> I feel like Jono. Oh,
0: I got the song here, by the way. You could just hit the uh, the voice guy thing. I feel like this is the perfect way to end this very snack-based, feels like a couple of guys sitting on a sofa cannabis conversation that we just had is um, mm-hmm. is is this way here. So let's do this.
3: It
1: a Afternoon. How does it feel when you got no food? I could feel it cause it was
3: the month of... Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast.
0: Make sure you subscribe, rate and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts,
1: Spotify and CuriousCast.ca.